Welcome to FisherCast, a Six Feet Under retrospective. I'm your funeral director, Robin, and I'm joined by my Six Feet Undertakers. Moira? Des? And Illyrio. <laughs> and here we are uh, yet again in another episode of Season 5. Uh, eating, We'll be all eating peaches this episode <laughs> in order to keep ourselves awake with the sugar shock. <laughs> Not canned peaches. No? No, thank you. Millions of peaches. Pizza's for me. Really? <laughs> really, Dad? Yep. I just play it anyway, damn it. Edits People you can out. still enjoy it. Hashtag edits you out. <laughs> Is that what you're going to put at the end? Looks at Des. <laughs> Hates Des. I've been <laughs> reprimanded for enjoying a song. Damn it. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, uh, yes, here we are again with another uh, season five episode. And, uh, yes, uh, so uh, everybody got their peaches ready because... I've got my can opener. I've got my cling peaches. Yeah. I can't. I I won't. My my child was a uh, uh, cling peach earlier, and hopefully she stays asleep for the podcast. (laughs) Otherwise, we'll have a delightful intermission. Peaches uh, come in a can. <laughs> I can't stop myself. Hashtag there's, stop I, you know, there's really a song. I don't know the song. Oh my it's god! It's by the President of the United States of America. Well, just call it right out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> They're coming. Out. I'm never going to play that song now. Oh, I'll sing it for you then. I know all the lyrics. <laughs> so does everybody. And it would have been fun, but you've ruined Except it. Moira. I don't know this song. Larry, do you know this song? Well, I'm going to move on out to Georgia and eat a bunch of peaches. That yeah. song? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Moving. We're just the country, really. It doesn't have to be Georgia. <laughs> anyway, Darwin Awards. I give up. Uh, I'm going to eat a lot of peaches. <laughs> Moving to the country, going to eat me lots of beaches. <laughs> yeah. You guys can thank Des for listening to uh, eight minutes of Frankie Yankovic at the end of this episode. Now. No, uh, just get Herbie Hancock, please. What? Is he Weird Al's dad or uncle or something? Yes. Awesome. Really? Dad or... Oh, really? I think Good he's boy. His dad. Both. Ew. It would be no, fitting for the show. <laughs> Darwin Awards. <laughs> so uh this has nothing to do with the episode but uh, i had something about olympics so i was like all right um (laughs) nobody nobody killed themselves in the peach so um that only happens on six feet under yeah clearly this is called free fall physics lesson it took place in july 1984 in chicago Near the top of one of the Windy City's mighty skyscrapers, a 29-year-old attorney named Reginald was locked in a heated dispute with one of his colleagues. They were arguing about the Olympics, remarked the firm's controller. Determined to uh, settle the aspect under discussion, the two friends decided to have a race down a long hallway on the 39th floor of the building. (sighs) On the way down the hall, Reginald, who was not wearing his contacts due to a scratched cornea, lost his perspective and crashed through a plate glass window. He fell 38 stories before striking the pavement, at which point his velocity at which point his velocity was zero a moment before he terminated his six second free fall however his velocity was approximately 94 miles per hour in a mm. vertical direction the right. abrupt velocity change proved too much for reginald to withstand and he promptly died 
This fatality marks the first recorded manifestation of so-called Olympic fever, previously believed to be a mythical creation by the National Broadcasting Company. Olympic fever or Olympic fever? Olympic fever. Okay. Laugh Olympics. Laugh Olympics? (laughs) I remember that. What? (laughs) All I remember is Battle of the Network Stars, and and not enough of my real-life friends remember that. Heavens to Murgatroyd. <laughs> I said that yesterday <laughs> to Skyler. <laughs> Honestly, that is an expression you just should have in your pocket at all times because nobody expects it. Unless you're talking about Laugh Olympics. <laughs> what? Like the Spanish Inquisition? <laughs> yes. I'm going to find a video for the Laugh Olympics and put it in our Facebook group so those poor, unfortunate Canadians who didn't watch it when they were kids can see it. (laughs) I'm playing 30 minutes uh, audio of the Laugh Olympics (laughs) at the end of this podcast. (laughs) Yippee! (laughs) All right, let's take a break and maybe we'll come back and talk about Six Feet Under or something. Mm. Not much likely. Hold your breath. (laughs) (laughs) So, Ghost Infected Frank. He passed it on to the other guys, and I got it from his corpse. Right. Hello, Echo. How are you feeling? Did I fall asleep? For a little while. Previously on Heroes. You had to go and be the detective, didn't you, Matt? I'm not an aggressive person, but... Oh, man, there's just way too much on all these channels. But only in-game. Everybody lives, Rose. Just this one. In your dreams, not loaf. Bite my shiny metal hat. Sometimes I get, I get vision. Walter, what are you doing? What you learn? I wish there was some way to find out what's really worth watching. There is. What? Who? What was that? Tuning into Sci-Fi TV is the viewer's guide to genre television. Where is that coming from? With its spoiler-free quick reviews and water cooler and the spoiler-filled in-depth back porch discussions, Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV is the only resource fans need to know what's on, what's good, and what's coming soon in science fiction and fantasy television. How did you get into my house? Join Kevin, Wendy, and Brent each week for the latest in genre television. I'm calling the police. Uh, you can find Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV at TuningIntoSciFiTV.com. No, seriously. How did you get into my house? We now have open casket viewing, and this is the part where Moira takes over. Indeedy. Season 5, Episode 5, Eat a Peach. No, really, you all can be quiet for Moira. Go right ahead. (laughs) I'm not resentful. (laughs) They like me, Robin. (laughs) Oh, that's the difference. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. Ruth finds a new way to unwind from George, who longs to close the distance between them. (laughs) Nate and Brenda discuss giving Maya a coherent narrative. David and Keith await news from Mary and meet a special little boy named Anthony. Vanessa is shocked when Julio gets into trouble at school and Rico's resolution resolution to the problem. Okay. Rico. Written by Rick Cleveland and directed by Daniel Minahan. Excellent. Okay, well, we still have our uh, non-coherent narrative as we break this episode up into different uh, characters and uh, try to to work our way through it. Mm -hmm. How long are we going to be doing that? Well, uh, probably like the next like seven episodes at least. Really? Um, uh, why? You, you, Des, 
what the fuck, dude? <laughs> I like it better the other way. First, you ruined the song at the beginning of the episode. And then I'm about to start. <laughs> and you're like, I don't like this. I don't like it. I don't dude. like it at all. Mm, I don't like it at all. <laughs> there was there was no meeting. There was no meeting to discuss this. Exactly. <laughs> I thought it was a temporary you're like, thing. You're like Brenda in front of all the <laughs> listeners. You're like, no, no, I think everybody should know. I don't like what you're doing, Robin. And uh, <laughs> guess what? If I don't tell you now, I'll forget, and then you'll think it's okay, and that's not good. <laughs> oh shit. <sighs> It's going to be a lot of for you guys. It's going to be a lot of editing. That's all I can say. Uh, I apologize now. I need them to hear her. I apologize <laughs> now to Robin, my co-host, and to the listeners. I'm sorry for everything I say tonight. Did you just say listener? Listener. <laughs> no, there was an two. S. There was definitely two. an S. There's at least two. Wait, three. There's three. <laughs> anyway, the Diaz is... I mean, really, this is why we watch this show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. We're not starting with the death of the week? Nope. Because that no. figures into another storyline. Because oh. Robin doesn't want to do problem. it right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he changes up our format in the last I feel like I wrote the show. Before me, you guys were just fine. <laughs> blame <laughs> Canada. No, just half Canada. of it. Just don't half of it this time. Uh, I'm standing with my fingers up in the air, <laughs> my three fingers <laughs> standing silently. <laughs> anyway, um, Vanessa is uh, picking up Julio from school when uh, Frankie and his mom come up and tell them, tell her about how Julio is bullying Frankie on the playground and stealing Frankie his Yu Gi Oh. Frankie was all like, yeah, it was me and Julio down by the schoolyard. That will never get old. <laughs> no, it won't. <laughs> I wish there was a good Augusto song. We should always record on Friday night, guys, just to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vanessa refuses to believe that her angel boy would do anything, but uh, Julio's ego gets the best of him, and he blurts out the truth. He can't stand it anymore. It's like Jad Nicholson being pestered about ordering a code red. He's like, you can't God, handle the right. truth. I stole your Yu-Gi-Oh backpack. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, later on, you, Rico, I'm trying to talk about uh, Yu-Gi-Oh still. Rico stops no by <laughs> to offer help and maybe his belt. And uh, Vanessa kicks him back out on the street. And so instead of uh, dealing with things with his family, he decides to uh, go and deal with things himself at the school. Oh, God, he's the worst person (laughs) ever. Once again, just when we thought that Rico had (laughs) reached the bottom of his scumbag pile, he reaches down, he scrummages around in the dirt, and he pulls out another worm. (laughs) It's amazing. We thought he he hit the apex of the douchebaggery but no there's more douchebaggery in his pocket <laughs> pulling it out yep waving it i was around. insulting i was insulting worms wasn't i yep. yes. yes i think i was i'm sorry worms i'm sorry <laughs> so uh frankie's mom and the principal are there the principal is played by andy milder who people might know from weeds um so, yeah, Rico spills the beans about the, uh, Vanessa's antidepressants, uh, pothead boyfriend, 
And then he tries to get the principal to say, hey, you know, the, you think uh, this divorce coming up is causing Julio to misbehave? And I just was yelling at the TV, shut the fuck up, Rico, shut yeah. the fuck up. I actually took the iPad and, and kind of, you know, the way you close a book really quickly? Mm-hmm. And I just had to flip it over. I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. I can't believe he's doing this. And then it kept getting worse and worse. Oh, my I, God. The worst person ever. You horrible, horrible little speck of humanity, Ricky. Thank you. <laughs> he obviously doesn't understand what kind of consequences can come out of that. You he's, know, a chi- he's a child in a little man's body. Yes, but you know what? The schools these days are on, like, they're, like, high alert for things wrong at home. And any of those things he mentioned could have easily been a child services case. You know, boyfriend smoking pot and uh, stuff like that. And mm. that's all you need is for uh, child children's services to, uh, you know, start investigating you because, ugh, that's not good. If they have to do it more than once then, you know, they can take your children away from you over stupid shit that's not even, like, real, you know? But they have to investigate. It's ridiculous. Uh, So, yeah, later on, Rico talks to Vanessa, and they kind of form a bond. He's like, hey, you know, the principal's concerned that the breakup might be causing Galeo to lash out. Horrible, horrible human. So manipulative. Unbelievable. Awful. And Vanessa has no idea until she gets called to the principal's office. And uh, later on, she uh, has it out with Rico right in the embalming room. And, oh, um, what? Okay, what the hell was Rico doing with that thing? Like, look, look like a bottle brush, maybe a butt plug. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I want to know, actually. But he had that guy's leg up, so we know where he was messing. Yes, we do. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't think you want to know. Groda. So, uh, yeah, Vanessa tells him that he's full of shit <laughs> and she needs her head <laughs> examined. <laughs> Just like that body. <laughs> he's cleaning it out. <laughs> Anything Ooh. more to say about the Diaz's before we move on? They're the uh, worst. Rico's the worst. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. I wrote that on my notes. Rico is the worst! Exclamation mark. Rico is a rodent. He's Rico the rat. Little shit face. Yep. I was really hoping that Rico just, you know, after losing his wife, would grow some maturity and, you know, become a good person. But nope. <laughs> or die. Do you remember when we were complaining about how he was so whiny? Um, he weaseled his way into becoming Fisher and Diaz. And then when he became a part owner, he just whined and complained the whole time. And it's really so fundamentally obvious now that this is how he behaves in every aspect of his life, that he's always been a whiny bitch and he's always expected everything to be kind of handed to him and he's He gets on this high horse Yes! She's just abnormal since he's, anyway His horse should not be that high, really It shouldn't It's just awful, it's not even a high joke, it's like a No, it's a standards joke Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. He's the worst. He's so pathetic. Lying about people die. dying. And, oh, he's just... If he, if he doesn't die by the end of the show, I'm going to very, <laughs> Well, very... you know, you know how we were trying to predict who the death was going to be? You know, maybe it could be Rico. This would it's be great. That, awesome. No one's going to care enough if it's Rico, so it can't be Rico. Oh, we'll have a little happy party. Come on. Yes, we will. <laughs> we will. Yes, we will. Um... Moving on, we have Claire. It's Claire's little storyline here. 
Um, the beginning of that, we see her smoking a joint with George, watching uh, <laughs> some TV. Well, okay, so they're up in her room in the carriage house or the garage yeah. or whatever you call it. It's carriage house, yeah. Bonds is the pub, right? Yeah, it's where Fonzie used to live above the garage. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, uh, George asks Claire to go easy on Ruth, and then he talks about how he admires uh, Claire's little collage art, which Claire's just like so over, (laughs) and. Ruth comes up with the laundry, and she's irritated that Claire's taking her jello. And that's when Billy calls. And once George makes sure that Claire is okay to, um, you know, talk on the phone. <laughs> I love that. You all right? You want me to answer that for you? Oh, yeah, yeah I'm not that, that high. Uh, uh, so she answers the phone. And uh, later on, we find that uh, Billy asked her, just to meet him at the diner one last time. He wants closure. Okay, and so clearly from the last episode to this episode, she actually left him, left him. I don't remember the last episode. It was like weeks ago. Yeah, the last time she, they saw each other, he practically tried to rape her. Yeah, it's, Right, it's and, so, and she left, but she wasn't clear about, I'm leaving you, I'm breaking up, right? No, or was she, okay, no it wasn't there. She just okay. ran out of the door. Okay, but apparently that's what she... What she's done, and I, and I guess you know she's still got a lot of her stuff still at the carriage house. She hadn't completely moved into Billy's yet, so you mm-hmm. know she was safe to go back to her own place. <sighs> okay, can I ask the naive? I'm not a big drug user. Question, please. Yes, sure. I'd be happy to answer. Yes, we have some experts in the midst here. I know. Yes. Um, first of all, well, when I first saw her smoking the weed, I honestly thought it was a cigarette. I really I did. did because. Too. Thank you, because they're so perfectly rolled. They look like cigarettes to me. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, it's it's morning, okay? Yeah. So in my little mind, I'm thinking, okay, to me, pot smoking is something you do, you know, socially, unless you're really training to an addict. I mean, who the hell smokes first thing in the morning? Uh, is that really little, unusual? Is that, like, really called, weird? Uh, no, it's it's called wake and bake. Good God. And uh, it's something I've practiced in the past, Ugh. which just means that you're basically kind of just want to feel stoned really early because it's really awesome and fun and uh it doesn't mean you're addicted although i have a you know smoke pot in about seven years now um it just was turning me into a bit of a stupid person <laughs> well it does make but, you stupid yeah and uh, baking baking is uh not that uncommon uh, it's not like it's super rare but uh, definitely most people don't do it because it yeah, tends to be it's a, a, it's a heavier yeah, a heavier user, right? Like how some people they have a staycation, they stay at home and they just putz around or watch soaps and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe the past I may have had a bit of a it's just hanging out and smoke today. Because the way I took it was okay, so she's getting heavier into her use, and basically she's despondent about the fact she has no creative spark. She's lost her boyfriend, who is kind of also her mentor muse, and she's totally adrift and pathetic. And so, what does she do to cope? She just smokes up and gets high. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> pathetic. Okay, to cope about anything. You should be doing it because you want to get high. And there's a very fine line there, and unfortunately, she's on the wrong side of that line. Hmm. Well, the medical doctor in me, okay, just for a second, says, listen, most of the people that I have as patients who do this on a very regular basis, they're not doing it just to get high. Hmm. 
like most of them, there's an issue. So anyway, looking at Claire. Pain management? What? Like pain management? No. (laughs) No. Like like depression, but I don't want to admit I'm depressed or, you know, or anxiety and that's how I cope, that kind of stuff. Now, but in Claire's pain. case, I don't think it's either of those things. I think it's just, she just strikes me as pathetic. Like, there's nothing joyous in her use here. It's so angry. It's just horrible. Yeah. Stoner, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. I had a friend who used to smoke um, every day, basically, when he got up because it, quote, balanced his mood, end quote. But he was a real dick when he wasn't smoking weed. <laughs> and so that's why he smoked it, because it calmed him down and made him not an angry person. Which would fall under my category of, yeah, he's got other issues. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay, thank you. So I'm not too far off base. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know somebody, quote unquote, that uh, might have used it as self-medication and it wasn't exactly, it was just kind of like a, I need to just kind of keep everything, you know, downbeat, you know, and sit in front of the TV and do nothing kind of thing. Oh, we're talking about you again, Robin. No, no, no. (laughs) You big drug addict. No, no. Because if I was doing it, I'd be like, I'm just getting high, but, but no. Getting high could be a lot of fun. Yeah, so if you're yeah, doing it to it. try to cope with real life, you really need to stop. And you need yeah, to yeah. well, well spoken. You, know, you can have fun smoking weed again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go get fixed and then you can get the on high. It's <laughs> just like drinking. Yes, yes. You know, drinking is good for getting drunk. For doing it. But you don't want to do it all the time because then you're just pathetic. Yeah. Well, she's pretty pathetic right now. Yeah, yes. big Oof. time. Yeah. And she doesn't even have the munchies because when she goes to the diner, she doesn't want to eat. <laughs> she wants to <laughs> no, eat. what's up with that? Yeah, what's with that? The freak, uh, psycho guy. What'd you say? I wouldn't want to eat either if I was face to face. Face to Oh, with Billy. <laughs> yeah. You might be a little paranoid to be around him <laughs> if you're really high. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, she kind of wants out of there quickly. Um, he's trying to act like Mr. Cool, but before she leaves, he gets a hug from her and, uh, he's like, I'm, I'm just going to eat this pie. And I'm just hanging out. You know, you're just, just kind of, hang- I'm just good to see you, <laughs> whatever. But, uh, we find out later, Margaret calls her out to go to dinner because she says there's a serious problem with Billy. Can I stop you for a second? Okay, do you remember when we first met Margaret and Brenda said to Nate, my mother is the most manipulative person in the world? (laughs) Brenda's right. (laughs) (laughs) Margaret is a champion master manipulator. I I bet she would not have done that for Brenda, though. No, she probably wouldn't have. It's a different relationship. Yeah. 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 (laughs) One where apparently people talk about their sex lives to their parents. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> apparently. what? Yeah. Uh, sex was erratic, yeah. but, you know, it's just a medication. You know, you guys can <laughs> still get together again, you know. <laughs> Man. And just as Claire is trying to get out of there, all of a sudden, it's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then Billy sits down and I'm like, be strong, Claire. Be strong. Be strong. Yeah, she's pretty outraged, even to his teary-eyed face. afraid that she was going to get back together with him. Yeah. 
Yeah. But can I, okay, but can I, I'm really dissing Claire again, but can I say, look, I get it. The guy, okay, the guy practically tried to assault you in his crazed state when he was off his meds. You're, you're partly scared of him and partly you just don't want to be with this messed up individual. I, I understand all that. But can I tell you that I think the way that she's acting toward him is unbelievably callous? Like, you can say the same thing without having this fucking attitude on your face the whole time. Right. Like, somehow he is wasting your time and how dare you talk to me. Like, Claire, the guy's in love with you and he's ill and all you can do is just be a heartless bitch and say, yeah, please get me out of here. I just Sorry, I just, everything about her in this episode... Once again, just pisses me off. She's so mm. selfish. It's true. Well, on paper, really. I mean, it sounds like we should just be sitting here rooting for Claire. And, you know, how what a crazy situation she's in. But the way she acts yes. on top of it doesn't make her very... Exactly. Thank you. Relatable. Yes. Yeah, you're right. But, okay, just a devil's advocate here. I feel that maybe she has had to tell him many times and he's just not accepting and so she's kind of like at the end and like, no, no, no. You know, you, well, you tell maybe. someone and they, too many times and then you, you just get frustrated that you have to keep telling them. And then you, it's like, okay, I'm tired of trying to let you down nicely. Now I'm just going to say, leave me the fuck alone. Well, yeah, that's the talk to the hand moment, right? Yeah. Right. And, and fair enough. If that's what's been going on the whole time, then I would, I would have much more sympathy for this. Mm. But I don't get that impression because Margaret lures her into this trap. So I'm thinking, no, it hasn't been that long. This is still fairly much at the beginning of their breakup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know Billy's big on leaving voicemails, so she <laughs> might have been a little annoyed at all the voicemails. Gee, I, I guess I'm really going to pick Claire for my Fisher of the Week. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she sneaks out of there, and we get one more moment with Claire later with when she's uh, smoking weed in the house on the sun porch. Uh, yes! I was like, what? Now we're smoking weed on the sun porch during the day? At first I thought it was a cigarette again because it didn't look like a joint. It looked like a cigarette. Well, some um, people are very good at rolling joints. Yes. Yeah, some people this, like to, you know, you know they, they care about their craft. This, was, <laughs> this did not look like a, a joint at all, I swear. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I was shocked. I was like, Ruth's going to have a fit. Yeah. Yeah, Ruth isn't isn't running that house really well these days. <laughs> a lot of a lot of stuff's just going on under her nose, and you know, she the only thing she's really concerned about is the fridge. That's about <laughs> it. Yeah, she needs a padlock on that sucker. <laughs> but uh, as we know, Nate's, Nate's going through some of his own stuff right now, so he does talk to her about it, like how he you know imagines Maya being in the same spot when she gets to be Claire's age, and you know. Uh, and it kind of breaks his heart. I thought that was a perfect thing to say. Yeah. 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 So uh, speaking of Ruth, uh, we join Ruth and George here uh, post-coitus. She finally gave it up. And, uh, <laughs> Ew. <laughs> we get Ew. to see some. She didn't look very happy about that. <laughs> no. I was, that was awkward and uncomfortable for me. I didn't Not just because of my famous hatred for the olds. <laughs> but I didn't even realize it was voice footage. I think George got pity sex. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Well, so well, soft with her just looking at herself in the mirror, and they're they're both looking kind of disheveled, you know, and he's all, like, chesty and hairy. 
Because <laughs> yeah. he says something, I can't remember what, but it clues you in. I just don't remember what the line was. It's like, but, that so. was really nice or something. That was really pleasant. Yeah, yeah. And no, she doesn't look like she's having the afterglow <laughs> moment. <laughs> so uh, we move on to the next scene with Ruth and it's her knitting circle with uh, the, the lovely Victoria and Cindy. The, and of course, their devout follower, Carmen, who is sitting by. <laughs> They're, they're yes yes woman, I guess. She is an echo, that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> I remember. Um, I just watched it, too. <laughs> I don't remember this person. <laughs> Des, you're like a, you're like a bomb going off in this pot. Like, like just... Uh, all right. I, I was I was a bit distracted while I was watching it. So I guess so. Sorry, right. I didn't mean to be. Listen, I'll tell you all about it. Okay, so Victoria... <laughs> <laughs> Victoria and Cindy listen to Ruth whine on a bit about George and Victoria shares that a friend dumped her husband after nursing him through cancer and uh, then they invite Ruth out and uh, when they're out uh, Victoria and Cindy are still going on about you know why why she hasn't left yet and he's Ruth just has a thing for s- skinny little boys and or skinny Gross. Gross. that's pedophilia I was really excited to hear her friends talking about her leaving him, and I was hoping they would talk her into it, and uh, I got really excited. Um, and it's funny because, you know, once they started talking, it's like, I was like, oh, wow, they're, it's like Ruth is listening to FisherCast all of a sudden. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Victoria says how she dried her alcoholic boyfriend out and got him a job, got him an apartment, and cut him loose. And that's what you do. So, Is it really what you do? No. No. <laughs> I don't think that. that's a good idea. No. No, you don't invest all that time and effort and energy into rehabbing somebody just to walk away. No. Yes. And uh, we have... Uh, <laughs> It's like the Emperor talking in Vader's ear, you know, in Anakin Skywalker's ear, you know, come to the dark side. <laughs> you, and, and it's just like, Ruth is just like, all of a sudden like, yeah, yes, it could be that easy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in, the, in the next Ruth scene, she's asking George about, hey, let's, let's move out. Let's just get out of here. And then I got upset because I'm like, damn it. <laughs> she's supposed to leave him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I got the picture. Then uh, Claire comes in and raids the fish and get the fish, the fridge, and uh, gets uh, screamed at again by Ruth. I don't know if Illyrio had this quote this week. <laughs> it was just awful. You know, okay, I, I realize that uh, Claire is being um, a spoiled brat and you know, acting like a self, you know, an entitled little brat. But wow, Ruth. Come on, you're gonna take out all your problems on her. Uh, I've gotten yelled at like yelled at like this before. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've li- I lived in my mom's basement for quite a while. <laughs> but... Were you watching Star Trek too while you were down there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how I got through the initial run of Buffy. <laughs> that's why I paid so much attention because that's all I did. You know, well, I, you I, know. I have a 19-year-old living at home who doesn't have a job. Um, she is in school, though. She's just off for the summer. But I don't Good. scream at her for, you know, no, because not she's having in, a job. She's and in school. She's doing that's, something. Right. She's taking she, a break she, now. And... She, 
But, you know, she had the whole summer. I'm like, find a job for the summer. You know, I'm not going to scream at her because she didn't find a job like she was supposed to. You know, I mean, give me a break. Well, I think Illyrio <laughs> knows what's the first thing he's going to do when he goes down there. Scream at Skylar? <laughs> he needs to step in. Get out of that if, fridge and get a job! I plan <laughs> on not being kicked out of the country prematurely. <laughs> if I told Delirio the anti-Canadian things Skylar's been saying, then That's he fine. probably would. That's fine. <laughs> it's okay. She's she allowed. She's allowed. <laughs> she's saving she's them all up till you get here. And then she's gonna Lovely. Tell I can't wait. <laughs> not being sarcastic excited. at all. <laughs> Des, if you try to intervene, Illyria will scream, this is not about you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just setting this all up in my head. I hope it happens. Uh, we will videotape it. Yes. I was going to say, I want video. You videotape? Awesome. <laughs> we will record it. Digital. That's like a carbon copy in an email. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. Uh, they have this... Uh, they got this new place. It's real nice. It's near the museum and the farmer's market. It's a new beginning. All stuff old people love. Right, guys? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I mean. Sounded nice to me, too. <laughs> <laughs> and then, okay, so I was, like, worried. I was, like, oh, now she's going to move out with him? What the hell? Who's going to get the house? Why would she do that? But then the look she gives him, I'm assuming that um, she's mm. not going to move out with right. him. Right. This is, this is the place for George. Doesn't you say something like, I... I, I think you, you could be very happy here. Yes, I think mm. you could be very happy here. Thank mm. you. But... Yeah. She's like telling him, we'll move out. We'll start over. We'll this, we'll that. This is wrong. She's sending the, she's doing this wrong. Isn't this what you were telling her to do? Isn't this what you wanted? No, I told her to divorce him. Divorce him while he's having a shock therapy. That's that's fine. But you know what? Then you just bring in the papers and say, look, we're divorced. You don't say, we're moving out. Oh, by the way, here's a divorce. You know, I mean, come on. Says, are you starting to feel bad for George? No, no, I'm just saying Ruth's being a jerk lately. I really, she's she's irking me a lot. She needs to just be honest. Tell him you don't want to be with him. Tell him, you know, you're unhappy and you want to get a divorce. Tell him you want him to move out. Don't just say, we're going to move out. It's like saying, come on, dog, we're going to go to the park. And you take him to the vet and have him neutered. Oh, that's the worst. Did you guys see that YouTube video of the kids? The kids are being told that they're going to grandma's house and yes, they're in the car. Going to Disney. And, and like, we're actually going, we're not going to grandma's house, kids. We're going to Disney World. And the kids are all upset. I want to go to grandma's house. <laughs> <laughs> kids are dumb. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, Do you remember when she broke up with the, the boyfriend at the, who was the boyfriend again? Hiram, right? Right. Do you remember when she broke up with Hiram? She was really, uh, she did it very well. She was straightforward. She told him how it was. It was simple. It was clean. It was done. So she's capable of doing that. Maybe she needs to get back on the plan again. And she does. And she'll be able to, to uh, empower herself to do things without being it's, uh, evil. <laughs> yes. Because this is just evil to me. Maybe she, you know what it is? <gasps> it's because Rico's been living in the house. He's influencing her. Oh my God! Oh, you're right. That's what it is. <laughs> it's, just, it's just she's been reconified. <laughs> reconified. Oh. Ew, God. 
Sounds better Should than reconed. Should be if I ever get reconified. <laughs> uh, David and Keith are getting ready for the adoption picnic, and uh, they're wondering what's going yeah, on with Mary. The adoption fair. <laughs> yeah. And so at the adoption zoo, uh, Keith, uh, they, they scope out this cute little girl, and Keith goes after him or her uh, because, you know, there's, like, parents flocking around this cute little girl. Like, the Moppet. She was a she was an adorable little Moppet. That's yeah. what she was. Uh, and so that's when David meets Anthony. And Anthony immediately wins me over because he's not a fan of sand. <laughs> yes. Agreed. What's the use? Really? Well, sand can be turned into very useful things like glass and computer and parts. Yeah, but they it? don't have to be done with my feet in them. Yeah. Mm. This is uh, C.J. Sanders. He uh, was first noticed uh, and cast in Six Feet Under after he played young Ray Charles in the movie Ray. Oh, cool. Mm. He was a cutie. He -hmm. was. He was. So David and Anthony uh, go in the bouncy castle. (laughs) And David gets sick. And Anthony does, says he'll never be an astronaut. <laughs> That's adorable. He's <laughs> too old to be an astronaut. He's too old to be an astronaut. And, but Anthony and, doesn't know that. <laughs> and now they're BFFs forever. Um, and he says, you know, hey, my mom's coming back. She's just in rehab. She'll be back. And uh, that's when um, he meets Keith. And David smiles like he found an abandoned puppy in the road. <laughs> mm. But later on, Keith worries that uh, Anthony might be damaged goods. And uh, the next morning, Keith uh, wakes up after having a dream of Anthony smothering him. (laughs) Cute kid. Uh, And that's when they get the phone call from Mary. And guess who's pregnant? You mean crazy Mary. (laughs) Oh, God. She is a psycho. She is. How does she pass like the the surrogacy background <laughs> check? I don't understand. Oh my god! Is Where's our like, list of things she does wrong? Oh, I had dental X-rays last week. You know, I'm just having a little red wine. Yes. Oh, Moira, oh, I wanted to ask you about that. <laughs> that is totally bullshit. Correct. Correct. Totally okay. bullshit. Yes. That's what I thought. The they wine were, during pregnancy no thing. Wine. You should yeah. not have any alcohol whatsoever because even minute, minute amounts have been perhaps correlated to fetal alcohol syndrome. No one knows exactly how much you can or can't have, so it's best to not have any. That's so, what I yeah, thought. To have fetal alcohol, you have to have larger amounts, but we think that smaller amounts can cause all kinds of learning disabilities. Exactly. So the answer is have none. None. Zero, zero, zero. None. But, Unless uh, you're really late and you're trying to induce. No, because it doesn't induce. Fetal alcohol syndrome induce in your baby? Yes. You can also stop bottling that baby, and if you just relax, the baby will just pop out. <laughs> <laughs> Medical moments with Illyrio. Science works. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Mary's uh, pretty convinced that she's pregnant. She doesn't exactly say anything about a pregnancy test, but she knows it because she craves carne asada and she's got <laughs> wicked diarrhea. <laughs> well, okay. She's been pregnant before, so I'm not going to say she's totally full of shit because when I was no, pregnant. she's full of diarrhea. 
Yes, not for long. She's not full of shit. But um, it, when I was pregnant with Gavin, my second child, I woke up in the middle of the night with heartburn, and I said, oh, I'm pregnant. And I took a test the next day, and I was pregnant. So, you know, I mean, she's been pregnant before. So, you know, she knows her warning signs. I'm sure she was just wrong in this case. Because she's loony. She's totally that woman is insane. Did they not call... She's- Looney. The previous people that hired her? Yeah. <laughs> Do a little reference check. You actually have to check the references. You can't just say, oh, she has references and put them away in the recycling bin. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> loony. Totally. And not, not a coin. The other kind of loony. <laughs> mm-hmm. But later they toast uh, uh, over the new baby. This <laughs> is a sparkling cider. <sighs> um, and she's spotting, but no worries. This happens. And her boobs are wicked sore. Nine but, too, but I don't think that's, that's related to this episode. Let me, <laughs> let me just tell you that sore boobs are also a sign of impending menstruation, exactly. <laughs> not just pregnancy. Exactly, and it was a bit early for the sore boobs. Actually, just to be you know, FYI. Anyway, right. yeah, because that's from filling up with milk and stuff, right? That's my medical analysis of it. Yeah, yeah, getting ready to be milk producing. That's right. Anyway, I would make a joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. you, Robin. I was joking. <laughs> um, so, yeah, speaking of choking, David and Keith want to choke Mary after she says that she got her period and they actually didn't take a pregnancy test. And that's when Keith asks David if he still wants to adopt Anthony. And at the end of the episode, they are with a social worker and she's very happy that they want to take Anthony off their hands. And, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, he uh, yeah he's supposed to be coming as a package with his older sibling Darrell. Of course he is. So uh, Keith asks when they can meet him. Hooray, Keith! Uh, <laughs> okay, so we're getting into the final bit of story here in this episode, um, and this is where we have our opening death involved. Uh, Uncle Danny Holzenchenko. Watches his family devour cling peaches. He has the diabetes. Um, Carl and Augie. (laughs) Carl and Augie argue over uh, cards. The diabetes. The diabetes. Diabetes (laughs) testing supplies. Vera and Gertie are gossiping, and his little nephew is upset that he doesn't get to have peaches. people? His I mean, family. I they know, but there's like so many of them. Did they all live together, or were they just gathered for a family, it was a family dinner? dinner. It was, a family it was dinner. like a Fisher dinner, but in a I different know, house. They were yeah. all so involved with everything. It, it really it reminded me of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, quite honestly. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, director of that died, by the way, today. Anyway. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, forget his name. Uh, anyone else Tim think Burton? it was the kid who was going? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Sorry, the director of Willy Wonka and the Charlie Factory died today. Uh, anybody else think the kid Factory? was the one who was going to die because he was going to choke on a peach? No, no. Yeah. I, right. get that. I guess I still have small children who can choke on food. Yeah, <laughs> but it did creep me out when he uh, when suddenly. Um, but the lighting shifted and he was all over the table. I thought for a moment, oh my God, we're in a Twilight Zone moment now. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, he pretty much has had enough. And um, 
goes, sneaks into the uh, pantry while uh, Vera and Gertie are gossiping together. And he uh, opens... Why can't he have peaches? Okay, it's 2005 in this episode. They do have medication for people who are diabetic. They can occasionally have some sugar, you know? You absolutely can have fruit. Absolutely. Right. You just have to watch how much you have. Exactly. But make can sure I just say... Okay, he goes into the pantry. He eats presumably the whole can of peaches. Guess what, everybody? That wouldn't kill him. <laughs> can <laughs> I just Wait a second. Wouldn't it put him in a diabetic coma? Yeah. Or... No, not that fast. That's ridiculous. <laughs> You're telling me that TB has told me something that isn't true? Oh, TB's lying to you, Illyrio, over and over and over again. Okay, he if he was... real shitty, right? It... He was really, really ill. Let's say this guy was, I don't know, bordering on death and congestive heart failure or something with pneumonia. And then you tossed a ton of sugar at him and made him really, really hyperglycemic. Okay, maybe then he might slip into diabetic coma. But guess what? It doesn't happen in instance. It's, it's, it's not like in a second, boom, you're in a coma and then you're dead. It's like there's a time frame no, here. No, hold on. What if he ate the whole can and then went off to bed? <sighs> you know... I'm still not really buying it. He just didn't look ill and sickly enough to me for that to be believable. I I have another thing. Uh, We didn't actually see him die. and um, (laughs) No, we didn't. Maybe this is like the first can of peaches that he ate. And then, you know, he keeps it up behind people's backs. He's like, he's got to have it. He's got to get to the cling peaches. And... uh, And uh, he's, so, he's self-medicating. He's stuffing his face for 10 hours. Is that what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> wow. If I had to listen to Vera and Gertie. Oh a a quick little story. I have my guy, uh, guy that worked for me um, designing my backyard garden. He's, he's a long-standing type 1 diabetic, which is a little different than this guy. Anyway, and, and he really does have trouble with his insulin control. So one time he was over and he was consulting with us and stuff. And we're chatting away. And then suddenly... He started talking sort of more slowly. And then I realized he didn't answer my last question. And Rob and I look at each other. We look over at him and we go, he's slipping into a bit of an insulin reaction now. So, so Davis, my son, is there at the time. He was quite little. And we said, Davis, do you have any of your leftover Halloween candy handy? <laughs> so Davis goes off and gets a chocolate bar, comes back. And, and we gave, gave our person some, some orange juice because juice works better than chocolate, by the way. And then we gave him chocolate just to top him up. And after about 20 minutes or so, he, he was sitting the whole time, but he was able to then come back to us and, and speak again. And he's like, it's really convenient when I consult with physicians. <laughs> uh, I. I used to work with a woman who was uh, diabetic, and uh, she, she she always made sure, like the well, she was one of the owners of the business, and they always made sure they had a drawer full of Hershey Kisses, <laughs> and she had orange juice in the fridge, and she, you know, she because she actually the she didn't even get diagnosed with uh, diabetes till she was uh, in her like late twenties, which is I think kind of rare for. Uh, type one, but she, uh, uh, her daughter, it was like four, and she was laying on the couch not feeling well, and she like completely passed out for hours. And uh, her daughter went outside and was just roaming around, you know. And she woke up, and her when her mom came over, and she was like in a panic. So, not cool. 
No, it isn't cool. I mean, and I'm not laughing at it. I'm just saying that that uh, the point really was that even when it happens, it doesn't happen in two seconds. So, I mean, fair enough, Robin, you're right. They don't actually tell us the time frame of his death, but I just thought the way that they portrayed it was really misleading. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he wanted to die. Maybe. He, he kind of looked like he did, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> With that family? <laughs> they were the worst. <laughs> Whatever do you mean, Dad? <laughs> Uh, so we're with Nate and Brenda and Nate says that he wants to invite Maggie over for dinner and Nate is referring to Brenda as mommy uh, in front of uh, Maya and Brenda is sitting there reading this uh, book about coherent parenting right haven't Mm -hmm. they been calling her mommy for a few episodes yeah no it's not the beginning of it. It's just this is what sets uh, Brenda off. She starts talking to Maya about whether she remembers her other mother, her her mommy from before or whatever. And Nate is like, "Really? <laughs> right now?" And uh, so was I. <laughs> yeah. And Brenda says that it's important to have Maya having a coherent narrative oh, God. in her life to find out who her actually. Her real mother is, and, you know, I'm her mommy now, and blah, blah, blah. But Nate's not having that. Um, so uh, the next scene, we have Nate and Rico doing the intake with the Holes and Jengos. And they're, uh, well, they're conflicted about what they think Uncle Danny <laughs> wanted. Uh, that was really weird. The, the arguing and the petty, he told me, why did he tell you that? <laughs> <laughs> But but it fits into the theme of the. He told you it, bingo. The whole episode, which is it that does. you can have both. You can have both of what you want. Mm-hmm. And uh, unless you're Rico. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Nate uh, Nate invites Maggie uh, to dinner in a later scene while offering her. No. Some See, you, thank you. I was going to say, was anybody else getting nervous the second he mentioned inviting Maggie? Because I was. Well, I wish she would go away. Doesn't she live somewhere else? Isn't no, she, she moved town? there. She moved into town, Dad. She moved there. Yeah, now. May I point I out that? I don't mind her. I just don't want her to have an affair with Nate. That's all. I don't like her because she never told Ruth. I'm still mad at her. May I point out? <laughs> Des holds long grudges. Mm-hmm. I do. May I, I do. point out that. Um, Nate invited her over to his house and then corrected himself. <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't. Nate. I did not notice that. Yeah, he said, mm-hmm. "Hey, come come over to my house for di- dinner." I mean, our house. You know, but that was in response to her assuming the Fisher house. Oh. He was correcting her by saying, "No, my place. I mean, our place. Brenda, my and me." Yeah, I don't know. I took it as. I don't think he's looking to have an affair. I think he just wants to have someone who could maybe relate to him a little better around. I don't mm-hmm. think he's looking to have an affair, but I think that um, he's on the path to have one. Uh, oh, I hope not. <clears throat> I hope not either. We had enough affair shit with them. We don't. I don't. I don't want to see an affair. I don't give a shit. Uh, but uh, yeah. So they're having a you know exchanging some small talk, and then Vera and Gertie show up with food. <laughs> Where do we put <laughs> this food? Um. <laughs> Is he is Nate gonna put that in the body fridge? <laughs> <laughs> See, I wasn't out there. I wasn't clear on that. 
I was hoping the house fridge. <laughs> but he was going downstairs. Downstairs with him. The house fridge is upstairs. Maybe oh, they have no. a separate fridge for like lunches because Rico likes to eat in the embalming room. So but maybe he, but he keeps his lunch in the Fisher fridge, doesn't he? Oh, does he? Oh. Didn't you see that in the past? Okay, yeah, Grody, Grody, Grody. Yeah, Grody. I can tell you, Claire watched them walk in with those trays and was like, yes. <laughs> I'm just making up my own deleted scenes. <laughs> she hasn't had food in days now. <laughs> she just smoke it up. No food. She's like, are those ham balls? <laughs> Ew, what the hell are ham balls? Hams don't have balls. I don't know what ham balls are. I just figured rolled up processed ham with other stuff. With cheesy stuff. I yeah. bet. Um, back with Nate and Brenda. Brenda worries that Maya might end up having some sort of horrible realization that Brenda isn't her real mommy one day. And uh, yeah, Nate pulls the real daddy card yet again, saying, hey, you know, I'm her father. I will decide. Oh, what a jerk. Yeah, thank you. That was dick, dick facey of you there, Nate. Uh, next day at uh, the Fisher and Diaz, Nate is talking to Augie and Carl. And they're arguing about what kind of music Danny wanted, Frankie Yankovic or uh, Herbie Hancock. And Ugh, Nate says, we're playing both. Um, what was that boombox he had in front of him, and where did that come from? <laughs> the 80s. That was from the 80s. I swear I had it in my college dorm or something. <laughs> If there was anything to rock it with, it would be that boombox. <laughs> um, later on that night, Brenda's getting ready for the dinner, cooking things up, and I uh, asked Nate, please don't be an asshole tonight. <laughs> and uh, this argument is still unresolved um, as Maggie calls and says she's bringing George. And then the door, at, the, at the door later, Nate and Maya greet Maggie and George. And Brenda tells them, don't worry, it's not you. We've been fighting. It feels a little awkward. <laughs> that was the worst ever. She's being a Rico. <laughs> yes, she is. <sighs> I just didn't hey, know. but as a funny aside, did you guys notice that little Maya repeats her, her greeting line again later? In the background, she's like, it's Grandpa and Maggie. Yep. <laughs> she says it a second time. I saw that in the subtitles, actually. She's like, Maggie. And it said Maggie on the TV. I was like, yeah, that's Maggie. She's not too bright, poor kid. Either can't do the line or does it too many times. So, yeah, you guys are saying, like, she's turning into a Rico. I would have to say she's turning into a Margaret. To me, this is very yes. like open. Yeah. This is counseling stuff. We have to be open with everybody. That's exactly what I was thinking, especially when she started with her coherent narrative mm. crap. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, she reminds me of her mother. Mm. Mm. So after dinner, Nate has just gotten Maya to bed, and uh, and he decides, okay, well, you know, he tells them what they've been arguing about. And George wonders if Maya is actually Hoyt's daughter. And he kind of pushes at it again and again and Is again. that what he was saying? No, it wasn't what he was saying. He was saying, uh, did they actually confirm that he did it? Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. whether or not too. he killed. Um, Nate was the only person that brought that up near the end. Yes. Really? Yeah, did I, I get it wrong? Yes. yes. I didn't catch that at all, so that's why I was wondering. Oh, that's weird. 
Oh my God, was, Robin's I wrong. I could have sworn. No, I could have sworn there was mm-hmm. something about. Well, it was brought up towards the end. Maybe I. It was. It was Nate says it to Brenda. Yeah. Oh. When yeah, she was say, he was having you know getting all upset about you know have to tell her mommy got pregnant and trapped me into marrying her and blah 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 and you know and yeah I know that was said at the end I'm was I'm, I thought there was something I mean I specifically wrote down <laughs> during the and scene George was he was fixated on whether or not Hoyt had been implicated in the death of Lisa oh, well maybe yeah. I just took it the wrong way. I'm sorry. You know, Robin, That's why you guys are here. all those mornings when you woke up and smoked the weed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad Des is finally paying attention at this point in the episode. Look, I was saying I don't remember that part, so I just want to make sure it wasn't just me not paying attention again. And it wasn't. So Brenda Brenda cuts George off. It's like, hey, that, that's enough. And uh, George actually comes out and says, I'm really sorry. You know, it's this is medication I am on that I just keep can't let go of things that easily well that's how he is when he's not medicated apparently too oh, George likes a good debate I don't know if he was trying to give give, give Nate a debate about the, you know the murder I mean he wasn't trying to prove a point he was just trying to get information I don't know um, so at the Holtz and Chego wake, we have the strains of Herbie Hancock playing in the background and the food's <laughs> being served. And, uh, after, uh, Augie and Carl, you know, have a look at the body, Nate's there and he asks Danny what Danny would have wanted. Danny, for some strange reason, wants Maya to have a mommy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> And really, I see that it's just, you know, it's Nate asking himself what he really wants. Clearly. But the fact that he can, like, you know, make himself believe that it's this corpse saying that he wants it. I don't think, uh, yeah, I, this, is just the, this is just the show. It's, I don't think he's actually crazy. <laughs> it's why I have a problem. It's, you know, I have a problem with the friggin' ghost in the show because it's just ridiculous. Like Seven that. episodes left. Uh, That's going to be our line every time. (laughs) Six left, five left. So later on, yeah, Nate finds uh, Brenda cleaning up in Maya's bedroom. And um, she just looks so much like a mom there. Um, He apologizes and he says he wants to spare Maya the hard truth of where she comes from and might come (laughs) from. Wait, Robin, you skipped out something that was actually cute, Maya, even though we didn't get to see it. She he asked where she was and she was in Brenda's closet putting yes. oh, stuff yeah. in all her shoes. <laughs> That's that the cutest cute. thing I've ever Aww. heard. <laughs> oh. So they they come to a compromise. Brenda says, you know, they they can be honest without getting into every gory detail. And uh Nate worries when he'll have to actually tell her these details. And Brenda says it's not gonna be for a long time. And so the episode closes on Nate and Brenda showing Maya a scrapbook they created about her real mommy. And Robin chokes up. <laughs> really? See. see, so it's just uh, the moral of this whole episode all the way through has been you can have both things. You can have both Lisa and Brenda as your mommy. Eat a peach. Or eat yeah, a peach and die. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was peaches coming in a can. They were put there by a man oh. in a factory downtown. All right, so let's take a break and hear from our friends at the West Wing Podcast. 
I'm Anu Sophie. I'm Maggie. I've just started watching The West Wing. And I've been obsessed with The West Wing since the moment the pilot aired on September 22nd, 1999. Come watch with us. As we make our way through the presidency of Josiah Bartlett and Aaron Sorkin's The West Wing. And we're back. And uh, that was West Wing Podcast. Check it out. Another intro cast about the Aaron Sorkin show, The West Wing, which I and really And damn enjoyed. fine show. Enjoyed. Damn yeah. fine. Never seen it. Oh, my God. Really? No, I'm... Uh, yes, that's, really. That's Martin huge. Estevez is an amazing actor. Huge oversight. <laughs> my mom liked it. Martin Estevez. I just heard what you said. Oh, God. <laughs> What's his birth name? Uh, okay. So Fish- Emilio has that last name. <laughs> Fisher of the Week, uh, in which, of course, we award the Fisher family member who wins this week. So who wants to go first? Oh, I will. Okay. Why not? I'm ready this time. Yeah. Okay. So um, it's definitely not Rico. <laughs> He's <laughs> not even God. a Fisher. <laughs> Ruth hasn't adopted him yet. Did <laughs> I say yet? Goodness. Oh, God, shoot me now. Um, okay, so it's definitely not Ruth because uh, her, she dri- she's driving me crazy the way she's treating Claire. And it's definitely not Claire because she's acting like a spoiled brat. Um, and it's um, not Nate because I thought he was kind of a jerk a little bit this episode. It, uh, he's still, he, he needs to learn some communication skills. Um, it was, who else do we, it's not George cause it'll never, ever, ever be George. Um, and who do I have left? Not David, but I can't remember why it wasn't David. There was something he did that bugged me. Um, so I'm going to pick Keith because he was a nice supportive boyfriend. He's going to get Fisher of the Year this year. This season. He is just adorable say. now. I didn't like him at the first season, but I love him now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. Who's next? Delirio, you want to go? Um, Brenda. Brenda. Oh, I yes. forgot about her. Brenda was my fisher of the week because she's trying to uh, do better than her parents did. And that's pretty awesome. Although she was a little bit, eh, had some tunnel vision there about what she was trying to do. Luckily, Nate and her patched things up at the end with some actual sincere exchange of thoughts and communication. Uh, Brenda, my fisher of the week. Okay, I am picking David um, because he was pretty adorable the way he he found cute little Anthony and saw the good in him and was pining after him and was bouncing in air castles even though it makes him want to barf, which I thought was really sweet. Um, and even though David's always a little bit on the edge of lunacy in some ways... He at least could see the craziness of Mary and not go there, which was good. So no, it was it was cute. It was a whole it was a whole uh, David David thing, and I was torn between David and Keith, but I decided I'd give it to David this time. And uh, yeah, I guess we are all divided this week. I'm giving it to Nate. Um, yes, he acted like an a hole about the whole I'm Maya's daddy, and I will tell her, I will say what goes on here with my daughter blah 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 but um <clears throat> i'm glad that he came to a resolution with uh with brenda i'm i'm 
mostly uh, affected by how he, you know, worked out the whole Sinchenko uh, fiasco and uh, also uh, helped Claire a bit through him, through her some, uh, you know, through her some love. She's not getting any love anywhere. And even whether she deserves it or not, you know, family should stick together, you know. So good for Nate and. So uh, we have listener eulogies. We actually have three, including one that came in right under the buzzer. So who wants to go first with their own piece of listener eulogies? I'll just say Moira. Go ahead. Okay, I'll go ahead. All right. This one comes to it from us. Sorry, from Matt. Hey, Ali Romodi. <laughs> well, why am I last? <laughs> Well, here we are. Eat a peach, which I think is a step in the right direction for this season. Some thoughts. Hey, Boogie Nights, Jack Wallace. Who was that? He was either Carl or Augie. I, I don't oh, remember okay. Boogie Nights well enough to... I, thank you. Oh. You I didn't research this? Weakness. That's I've, all I remember from Boogie Nights. I saw the IMDb profile. I just don't remember Boogie Nights very well. <laughs> okay. Except for Julianne Moore being hot. And the penis? No, nah, I tried to forget. Oh, I don't. <laughs> also. Oh, yeah, roller girl. Hello. Anyway, sorry. Happiest suicide ever. Could you really blame him with those incessant chatterboxes? <laughs> the chatterbox. Another one like Schmosby, stomach cancer lady, an arguably drunk guy getting kicked whose death we don't actually see. Huh. Oh, no, Brenda. I don't get it. Diane? Oh, didn't. Thank you. Uh, Sorry. Oh, no, Brenda didn't. I can't see it's her getting payback for him blabbing about her pregnancy, but getting payback is not exactly the sign of a happy marriage, right? Claire's beginning to see being an insufferable brat isn't as charming as her narcissistic brain would lead her to think. (laughs) Good for her getting out of the restaurant with that creepy, awkward confrontation with Margaret and Billy. David kind of undercut Keith a little by going after Anthony. I guess it worked after Mary went all merry on them. <laughs> a little TMI on her boobs and bowel movements. <laughs> but David should have been more upfront, or maybe found Keith when he was playing with Anthony. However, his behavior is pretty mild compared to the other characters. Speaking of which, Rico, douche, I don't remember hating him as much the first time. But man, he's definitely acting like a little kid trying to get what he wants. And in denial, Vanessa isn't helping either. Luckily, Margaret Chenoweth is in this episode, or else Vanessa would win Worst Mom of the Week. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone else find Ruth's sewing circle a little disorienting? Did we see these people before, or did the writers come to the conclusion that many writers of long-running shows do when they realize most of the main characters appear to have no friends outside of the main cast, and they needed such characters now? I just assume that, like, she started going when he was in the hospital getting treatment, yeah, she's all about that knitting. But yeah, <laughs> the only other person we had, I mean, we, we, have, we had Patricia Clarkson and Kathy Bates, and unfortunately they're probably a bit too pricey to actually have them on the show week after week after week. Yeah. So uh, they had to invent this little sew- sewing circle. Knitting uh, circle. Yes, knitting circle. What's the difference? Sewing. One oh, is sewing, Robin, one is please. knitting. Come on. Okay, there's a lot of other stuff I could talk about, but it involves saying stuff about upcoming episodes. Officially, I'm going to give to Nate for dealing with Brenda's issues far better than she did, as well as navigating through the difficult family of the Corpse of the Week. <laughs> uh, I'd give it seven and a half out of ten rockets. Rocket. Hmm. 
eat a peach because August is National Peach Month. It's also Audio Appreciation Month. So maybe listen to some podcasts. This is coming to us (laughs) from Brad Couples. (laughs) Adoption Park Day. This is creepy. Hey, wayward orphan kids, if you put on a good show for the strangers, maybe they'll take you home and fill the empty hole in your heart. (laughs) I hope they ran a full criminal background check on the weirdo in the koala suit. There's a 78% chance he doesn't work there. (laughs) Yo, Claire, Zach Morris called. He wants his phone back. The the, The ultimate in awful, the signature of reckless disregard for others, Diaz, it's more than a surname. It's a lifestyle choice. <laughs> Maggie's only purpose is to look pensive and uncomfortable in all situations. I bet she spends the vast majority of her free time scrapbooking about her mediocre life. <laughs> I don't know which is more disgusting. A bulk bag of butter mints or whatever the hell a handball is. <laughs> I would like the first Fisher cast shirt to actually say Diaz it's more than a surname it's a lifestyle choice nice. so, <laughs> or I would like the first Fisher cast shirt to say Rico's a douche exclamation mark yeah but <laughs> alright well whatever I don't care we can do both oh, we'll put it on Compromise. the back <laughs> yeah just people trying to figure out the front of the shirt like okay and then the back oh yeah yeah I saw six feet under you're right <laughs> It's so true. <laughs> okay. We email from Tammy. Eating peaches or something like that. <laughs> uh, notes as I'm watching it. Sorry if they don't make much sense. The adoption fair is really weird. It does seem like going to look at puppies. <laughs> uh, why is George hanging out with Claire? Yes, thank you. I wanted to know the same thing. Uh, oh, man. Julio is a douchebag. Learns it from daddy. <laughs> uh, uh, Nate is totally moving in on his stepsister. Gross. Ew. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Uh, bacon-wrapped handballs. Seems a bit of overkill. Uh, carnival planning committee. Just another way for Rico to pick up on the ladies. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. I agree with Nate on the Maya knowing where she comes from issue. Brenda needs to back off a bit. They can talk to Maya about it, but it needs to be handled by Nate and very slowly. She's a toddler and can only grasp so much and probably only care so much. I agree. Mm -hmm. Uh, What is up with Mary's room? It looks like she's five, and it didn't seem to me like she had even taken a pregnancy test. Unless it was that new carne asada test all the girls are raving about. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. It does look like she's like living in her parents' house almost. You know. I'm so glad you said that because I I meant to ma- mention that That's during right. the podcast, but I didn't I get know, there. Never. She's 16, yeah. going on 17. Oh God. I remember, but you know what? The Dollar Tree that where everything's a dollar sells pregnancy tests. Do you really think you want to put the pregnancy t- test in the hands of something that costs a dollar? <laughs> That's just crazy. I, At least I will you don't have to say. Them. I will have to say, when we were trying to get pregnant, uh, we got a bunch of those, and uh, we would test a lot. And then, like, if we get like a positive, that's when we drop the you know twenty twenty five dollars. Yeah. Okay, I can understand that, but when you're like, oh damn, I miss my period. I hope I'm not pregnant. Don't go get a dollar store pregnancy test. <laughs> um, okay, uh, if Herbie Hancock was the dead guy's favorites, then he's my favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Margaret Chenoweth is something special. I cannot believe she is setting Claire up with her crazy son. Honey, you have to. Honey, you be sure to call me later. And let me know how it goes. Close <laughs> <laughs> with his mom. What's wrong with that? That's so weird. <sighs> it's like Norman um, Bates in training. Uh, what is going on with Brenda seriously is it her pregnancy because I don't remember being that open when I was pregnant not everybody needs to know your business I think it's her new uh, book she's reading Psychobabble 101 you know I that that's what that's pretty much what I I was initially outraged and I just thought she was just being a bitch you know and, but now I really see that it's she's no she's becoming one she's becoming her mother yeah it's not good oh uh, let's see Ruth agrees with Brad men in short pants look like little boys <laughs> I disagree nice connection I disagree you guys are crazy Ruth and Brad are both crazy. Um, sorry, but I love Ruth taking her anger out on Claire. She actually deserves it. <laughs> and she does need to get a job. That's what they get for fostering her artsy-fartsy behavior. <laughs> yes. I, I agree. And I agree she needs to get a job. But really, I mean, it just seems like uh, Ruth screaming out of nowhere. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm trying to have a moment with my husband. <laughs> that's what it does. That's Most what Ruth has it. always done. Most of it seems unprovoked at that moment, you know? <laughs> I mean, okay, I just, I don't know, just crazy. Um, yay, they realize Mary is crazy and will do- adopt a little boy and his brother. Uh, I gotta say, I love when Vanessa goes off on Rico. Uh, I still don't know, oh, sorry, I still don't think it was necessary to start telling Maya about her mom yet. Agreed. Okay, hope this slips in before you finish recording. That's what she said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tammy. <laughs> Does anybody else have misgivings about the boys that they're planning to adopt? Only because they haven't met the other one. Elirio? Uh, uh, okay. When you consider adoption, you have to be extraordinarily well prepared. Mm-hmm. Because some people real people that may or may not be acquaintances of mine uh, entered into an adoption and couldn't take it and gave him back. And Keith and David are not adoption material. Mm -hmm. I I don't think they've really thought it through. They're very cavalier about the whole, we'll try oh. this, we'll try that, mm-hmm. we'll see what sticks. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's a difference between having a baby come into your life when it's born and having a, however old this kid is, eight-year-old kid mm-hmm. or whatever, and an 11-year-old brother come into your life whose mother's in rehab and father's dead. This, these children have emotional baggage. They, you know, they've probably been bounced around different homes they're not it's not the same thing at all you really have to be ready for that you have to expect the worst you have to be willing to you know deal with all that crap well i think keith tries to make that point a couple of times Mm -hmm. with david and uh, i know even though i picked david because i thought he was being very adorable sweet i do have misgivings and i i uh, i suppose Really what I'm saying is, yeah, it could go really poorly. This big brother who's 11 could end up being a complete piece of work. Who knows? But I, I don't really want to watch the storyline go there because I think I would just find it really painful. Mm. Yeah. So I, I sort of nice. hope they don't go there. 
it'd be nice if it was a great adoption and everybody was happy and yeah. everybody was wonderful. But this is Fisher but cast. Likely, yeah, yeah. Seriously, right? they don't want yeah. anyone to be happy. No. And that even Anthony, sweet as he is, mm-hmm. could have severe emotional sure. issues once you get him into the house and everything. So, yeah, it's something you really can't be so cavalier about, in my opinion. Well, he's won me over, so... Yeah, he's cute. Oh, he's sweet, but we'll stay. Yeah, but oh, he hates okay. sandboxes. <laughs> he's your friend for knife. Uh, well, to, to close out this uh, particular discussion, I will just point to an earlier scene in the show where uh, we have um, Mary freshly pregnant, David not wanting to let go of the Anthony thing, and they both agree that, yeah, more than one kid would be crazy. Yep. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it is. All right. So let's get into our last rites and uh, so our quick thoughts. Let's wrap this episode up. Uh, Illyrio, I'll let you go first. Um, thought it was good. I uh, hate Rico. Um, I was surprised at how well uh, Nate and Brenda kind of patched things up at the end. Uh, George was actually lucid throughout most of this, and Billy is a freak. So I'm going to give this episode uh, 8.5 out of 10 mom-orchestrated manipulations. <laughs> nice. Des. Okay. Um, I was just kind of meh about this whole episode. Um, I didn't really care much about most of the storylines. I don't know. It. Um, yeah, so wasn't that impressed. Um, I'm going to give it... Six out of ten carne asada pregnancy tests. <laughs> Moira. Um, I enjoyed this one uh, more than the last. Um, even seeing little crazy Mary. I'm glad, I mean, I'm glad she's out of their life, but it was fun to watch her be crazy. She amuses me. I really was touched at the very end when Brenda and Nate make the scrapbook for Maya. I thought that was pretty sweet. And, and really good to see them working as a team again. So they come through their rough stuff and they ended up in the right place at the end, which was good. And as I said, I, I like um, David and, and Keith in this episode. George, I hope, is going to be on his way out. I don't know if I th- think that Ruth has been really kind about how she's doing it, but I, if it means he's going to be on his way out, I think that's a good thing. So mm-hmm. there was, for me, a lot of potential positives going on in here. So overall, I give it 8 out of 10. Kitty stuffed shoes. <laughs> when you mentioned that, Devs, I thought, oh no, she's going to steal my rating scheme. <laughs> I didn't think about it. <laughs> I definitely enjoyed the last episode more than this one. I, mean, uh, I, I, I did like this episode, and uh, I'm a little worried about uh, Ruth venturing into the dark side, and uh, um, I'm, I'm hoping for the next step in Claire's story to be a, a little more, uh, I don't know. Getting a jobby. Yeah. Ha- happier, a happier thing to talk about. If we can actually start backing her again. Who knows? Um, David and Keith, we'll see what happens with, uh, this, uh, Anthony and Darrell story. And I'm hoping David gets back to work too, because, <laughs> <laughs> you guys were talking about who has the time. I was like, I was going to say, like uh, David uh, hasn't gone to work in ages. So, <laughs> uh, and of course, I'm always rooting for Nate, Brenda, and Maya. But anyway, um, yeah, my rating is uh, eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Waste of time. Sandboxes. 
<laughs> so let's bury this book about coherent parenting. And we are on iTunes. We are on Downcast. But if you want to go to iTunes, leave us a star rating. That would be awesome. We'd really appreciate that. 55. We, what's that? 55 stars. 55. Mm-hmm. Des? Yes. Um, you can visit us at fishercast.blogspot.com, and you can find all our episodes there all the way from the beginning. All right. Yeah, we have uh, an amazing, amazing Facebook group, don't we? Yes. Facebook is the place where you are, and we are, and everybody is. And if you are logged into Facebook currently, I suggest that you either do a search for FisherCast, or if you have a web browser interface and you're still in the... uh, early 21st century doing that you can go to www.facebook.com slash groups slash fish fisher cast almost said fissure cast <laughs> which is not at all what i meant to say but <laughs> fisher that's divisive like don't it. be divisive mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. or you can write to us at fishercast1 at gmail.com and give us your opinions on the episodes as we roll them out we appreciate your feedback it's awesome does where can we find you on the web um, you can find me at fishercast.blogspot.com. <laughs> mm. Tricked you. Uh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Good plug. Illyrio? Um, find me on the web on Twitter at Illyrio. Uh, I'm on Redemption Cast, Potential Cast, Yip Yip Podcast, and soon to be very soon, and in maybe a couple of weeks, a new podcast. So there you go. Is Yip Yip Podcast like the sequel to Yip Podcast? No. That Tammy does? There's <laughs> nothing to do with Betty dancing. Oh, Are you bad. saying Damn. you want to do double the podcast that Tammy does? Yes. You want we to do double the podcast because we probably release one-tenth as frequently as she does. <laughs> double the belly dancing. <laughs> I got double the belly over here. I could have my own. I could have Yip 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 Podcast. <laughs> um, where it means we think it means. <laughs> nice. Um, okay, so you can find me on Redemption Cast as well as here. And I just celebrated my 50th podcast appearance on the Chatterbox podcast. So uh, check them out. So that was fun. So you're going to say 50th birthday? My 50th birthday <laughs> is next year. Uh, uh, I hope not because I'm older than you. <laughs> Oh, well, you can make uh, your age out of bacon then. Um, <laughs> anyway. I'm not that old. <laughs> you can find Moira giving advice to Margaret about which medications will affect Billy and Claire's sex life. <laughs> and you can find her on the Twitter at Moira Brown with an E at the end. And that's right. it for FisherCast this week. Seven episodes left. Next week, your homework is Season 5, Episode 6, The Rainbow of Her Reasons. Oh, for God's sake. (laughs) I was hoping you were going to say the Rainbow Connection. I was really hoping we get Muppets. (laughs) And there goes that song choice. As for... (laughs) Isn't he? What? Rico? Uh, Rico's what? He's a Muppet, isn't he? A Rico Muppet every episode? Bag Muppet. About the right size. (laughs) Like to shoot him out of a cannon. Now I'm being a heightist. (laughs) <laughs> as for eat a peach we therefore commit this episode to the ground ashes to ashes and dust to dust, dust. dust.
Bye. Millions of peaches. Bye. Eat a peach.
just 